you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The following program is a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights, and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com to learn more about this and our other weekly storytelling programs, and become a patron today to show your support and get instant access to our extensive archive of downloadable ad-free tales of terror. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 8. I'm your semi-new host, Eric Peabody, and I'm thrilled that you could join me tonight. This evening's story comes to us by author Corpse Child, and concerns a man who details an ominous encounter with a stranger clad in red on a mountainside. You're listening to the standard edition of this program, If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of this and all our other episodes, as well as hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, 
Visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu to sign up today to get instant access from our friends at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Thank you for your support. Now, allow me to escort you to a place where the sun dies and nightmares come to life. Welcome, listener, to the Horror Hill. You haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. And with that said, without further ado, from author Corpse Child, I give you When the Red Prophet Jumped. I don't give a damn about what's being said. Even if I had, however, we're all about to find out soon just how little it would matter anyway. I've seen what's going to happen. People eat each other in the street. The sky turns red and all around panic that the world is ending. I have to say it's... It's funny how people are scared of the end. Not because of any philosophical or theological reason, at least not any I'm aware of currently, but rather because I know that everything about to occur now had occurred billions of times over. I can comfortably say that it's not the end we should fear. It's what'll happen to those unfortunate enough to survive. If you're wondering how I know this, well... It's what he showed me before he jumped. That's right, jumped, not pushed. That day started as a nice hike with my girlfriend, Ariel, up the Glade Mountain Pass. We'd been planning the trip for upwards of a month since she'd gotten into her new fitness kick. Of course, I don't mind a bit of exercise myself. The Glade Mountains were one of the most beautifully picturesque places you'd ever see outside a Renaissance painting, especially around this time of year, when the breeze was just right and the sun could draw out the vibrant colors of the vegetation. It was one of the best places to spend an afternoon or two. It was also where I used to go hiking with my family when I was younger. The other reason that day was so special was that, unbeknownst to her at the time, that was the day I planned to propose to her. We dated for just a year, and I knew she was the one I wanted to spend my life with. No matter how hard I try, I can't help but feel this as being morbidly ironic. One of the happiest days marks the beginning of the end. We'd been jogging the trail for an hour when we finally reached the overlook of the mountain pass. Seeing me winded, Ariel pipes up, laughing, "'Tired out already? Looks like we're gonna need to do this more often.' "'Yeah, yeah, make your jokes, sweetheart.' "'God, it's so beautiful out today.' After making it to the nearby bench across from the overlook, we sat down and started unzipping our backpacks for the lunches we had packed. I smiled. I can see something even more beautiful. "'What was that, pumpkin?' I snapped from a daze. Huh? You said something. Ah, crap, she heard me. I started blushing. Well, now's as good a time as any to spill it. Oh, uh, 
it's nothing. It's just that we've been dating for a good while now, and... That was when I noticed that she wasn't looking at me anymore. She was staring off into the distance towards the overlook. Confused, I followed her gaze to see a man standing in front of the plaque that marks every mile or so up the trail. The guy wore a dark red hooded robe, which was extremely puzzling to me, given that the summertime was only just beginning to end. He raised his hands like he was a preacher or something. He can't be comfortable wearing that, I thought. Weirdo. What's he doing? Ariel asked. Hell if I know. Looking the way that he did, I figured he was either just a really devout yogi or maybe even part of some weird religious group. Either way, I saw no reason at first to be alarmed by it. Until I saw him step forward towards the overlook's edge, arms still outstretched at each side. He isn't about to. I was cut off when I heard him begin shouting out beyond the overlook. I couldn't tell you what he was saying, or its language. Honestly, I'm almost thoroughly convinced it wasn't even human. One thing was for sure, it wasn't English. The best way I can describe it was like some archaic invocation or something. He said something like, Adok Adish Alok Adikan Adriok Audin. You'd deserve a medal if you could have told me what that meant. Anyway, he stood there shouting this, repeating it at least five times before going silent again. I noticed that, by that time, a small crowd of fellow hikers had stopped and began gathering together around the area, observing the man's strange antics. He didn't notice this, though, continuing to shout that weird chanting from the overlook's edge with his hands outstretched. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I even saw a few of the people take out their phones and snap pictures. Despite the odd nature of this little scene, people seemed more curious than disturbed. That is, except for me. 
I don't know why, but something about the foreign words the guy was shouting seemed to resonate with me, and not in a wholesome way, either. Some part of me knew that whatever was being said wasn't anything good, like a premonition or an omen. Finally, I stood up and found myself walking towards him. As I made my way through the crowd and got about a foot or two away from him, he took two more steps forward, closer to the edge. The crowd's fascination was replaced by shock and panic. Oh my god, he's gonna jump! Now I was panicking. I dashed over the last few inches and thrust my hand out to his shoulder. Hey, wait, don't! He just froze, dead, his toes right up against the ledge, and dropped his arms. Okay, well, I have his attention. I began struggling to try and think of what to say. My adrenaline was spiking so much that I could hardly form a coherent sentence, much less any sort of dissuasion. Keeping my hand on his shoulder, I closed my eyes and took a deep breath. Come on, Travis. Think. Hey, uh, you got a name, pal? I figured that would be my best bet to start engaging him with. Something simple. I was still shaking a bit. He was still. Unnaturally still. I'll admit, had he not been so animate just a few seconds ago, I'd have thought I was holding on to a statue. I figured, though, now that I had my foot in the door, so to speak, I at least stood a chance of talking him away from the edge. Would you like a drink? I'm sure, dressed the way you are in this heat and all, you've got to be parched. I was cut off when I heard the most deafening shriek burst forth from him. I was forced to let go of his shoulder to cover my ears, fastening my eyes shut painfully tight. Just as suddenly as it happened, however, it was gone. I opened my eyes to see that I wasn't on the trail anymore. I wasn't even in the Glade Mountains anymore. All around me was a barren, desert-like wasteland that stretched for miles, seemingly to no clear end. Where the hell am I? It didn't even feel real. I'm not sure how to explain it other than that. It was like I was in some dream world or something. I didn't feel hot or cool, and I wasn't thirsty or anything. I heard some deep-toned chorus slowly crescendo in the distance from behind me. It almost sounded like one of those Gregorian chants, except in that same alien tongue the man on the mountain was shouting. I turned to see three druids, all in red cloaks, dragging some woman along the arid dirt. It looked like the woman was being taken against her will. She was thrashing and kicking wildly, growling and shrieking like an animal. Her eyes were pitch black and dripping with some black substance that looked like tar, almost. I also saw that her skin was torn and shredded in places, like a wild animal had attacked her. What is this? What's going on here? Who even are these people? Some 
crazy cult or something? To my shock, they seemed not to be interested in me. My train of thought was derailed, though, overridden by growing panic, when I noticed them approaching closer and closer to me. Oh, God. They're coming for me. I'm next, aren't I? I frantically threw my head in every direction, trying to find something, anything, to hide behind. In no direction could I see anything but the scorching desert. However, my relief was instantly transformed into a mass of confusion when the figures came right up to me, only to pass straight through me, like they were a mirage. The three hooded figures were behind me now, still dragging the woman along, howling and struggling. My head was spinning so much that I couldn't even begin questioning what was happening, how they could just walk through me like that. How in the... With no other instinct, I decided to follow behind them. Luckily enough, with them not seeming to be aware of my existence as displayed, it was a relatively easy matter to tailgate behind them, essentially. The other thing that perplexed me was that, despite how quickly they seemed to be carrying themselves and how the desert seemed to stretch on for an eternity, I was able to keep up with them perfectly. Normally, I'd usually tuck her out after about half the length we'd walked. Here, though, I felt just fine, like I'd only just started walking. I still couldn't tell you how long this went on for exactly. Eventually, though, I saw something in the far distance. At first, it just looked like a dark speck resting on the horizon against the sun. The closer and closer we approached it, the more it grew, and its features came into view. I could see that it looked like a small castle or tower. As they continued approaching the tower, I could hear their chanting getting louder. Suddenly, I noticed more of them gathering around it from every direction. They were dressed in red robes and raised their arms to the air, hailing the ones in front of me. Their combined chanting began to mix to form one uniformed invocation. When we reached the tower, the chanting ceased abruptly. The monolithic tower was tall and slim, built from dark stone, and was crowned with large, jagged, needle-like spikes across the tops of its three battlements. It reminded me of those old medieval pictures you see in children's storybooks where a princess would be locked up or something like that. Up close, though, it appeared to be far more sinister than that. I heard faint screams coming from the tower in front of me. My blood started to drop significantly in temperature when I saw the sky then transform from the normal oceanic blue to a dark blood red. Slowly, I felt the ground beneath me rumble. It wasn't like how an earthquake rumbles, but rather like a stomach. I know how that sounds, but that's what it was like. Whereas with an earthquake, the entire ground beneath would shake like one, this was more like the ground was pulsing, like a heartbeat, undulating beneath me and 
seemingly becoming malleable. Hearing a creaking noise, I looked up to see the large iron gate slowly rise to reveal the entrance to the tower. The hooded figures entered one by one, disappearing into the dark recesses within the tower. I could hear the screams become louder, clearer, like they were surrounding me. Like before, I was forced to my knees, covering my ears and closing my eyes. When I opened them again, everything was dark. I couldn't even see my hands right in front of my face. I tried to feel all around me for some sort of light source or anything like that. All I could feel was the air around me. Slowly, I started to hear the sounds of growling snarls from ahead. I still couldn't see anything or anyone. Where is that coming from? Suddenly, the growls were drowned out by an intense shriek of pain. I could see a man hunched over another person's body directly in front of me. He was stuffing meaty chunks, presumably flesh, into his mouth, devouring them mercilessly. He rose and screamed to the air in the weird language while tearing at his face, ripping it to shreds as black liquid drained from his eyes. I was horrified. I was confused. I panicked. I don't even know how to describe those, and others I don't even know how to begin describing. What was this? What was going on here? Why was I seeing this? What does it all even mean? As I stood, fumbling hopelessly to make an iota of sense out of the chaotic nightmare I was witnessing, I watched as the black slime from the man's eyes quickly engulfed his now skinless face. I was almost ready to vomit when, as the slime began to coat his body, I watched the flesh peel itself away from him like it was paper. The man's howling was soon silenced by it as it flooded over his mouth. Eventually, the slime consumed him completely and he just stood there, neck arched up like he was still trying to scream to the black sky of nothing above. After a few seconds, his body finally relaxed, and the black slime sort of soaked into him. When he, it, whatever, was finally revealed again, I screamed. I think it'd be safe to say that what I saw next is responsible for the altogether collapse of my mental health. The thing that was now in front of me, the thing that was a human man only 20 seconds ago, was now just about anything but. It had no skin on its body, looking like something out of a medical diagram. Its arms and legs were slender and gangly. The head, if you could even call it that anymore, was as if all the skin that should have been on the body had somehow wrapped itself around the head and twisted itself in every grotesque fashion imaginable. It was pulsing rhythmically, as if following some weird 
beat or cadence. From everywhere, yet nowhere, a choral voice boomed one word, repeatedly repeating, Melios, Melios, Melios. Suddenly, the carcass that was once a man started to unravel on itself, seemingly spreading all around beneath me. I couldn't take it anymore. I closed my eyes and covered my ears, screaming and shaking my head. No, no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. This isn't... I came to see that I was back in the mountains, surrounded by the crowd and the hooded man in front of me. I saw some of the crowd had their phones out and were primarily fixed on... me. I found myself in the fetal position in the spot I'd been standing in. How long have I been out? I stood up again and turned to the man, whose back was still turned to me. Who... What the hell are you? In response, he stretched his arms out again. I grabbed his shoulder again. Hey, I'm... I was cut off, however, when he boomed out from the ledge again. Jubilex Sanctus Melios. He then shifted his weight forward and attempted to hurl himself off of the ledge of the overlook taking me with him. Thinking quickly, I was able to grab hold of the edge with one hand, and his robe was grasped tightly in the other. I noticed that the hand holding the robe felt lighter than it should have. Chancing the risky look over my shoulder, I saw that I was now clutching an empty red robe. I saw that the man was still rolling down the mountain. Finally, his body crashed to the ground below. Out of animal reflex, I winced, and my body tensed, imagining his body breaking when it hit the ground. When I opened my eyes again, I saw him sprawled out. Despite otherwise appearing perfectly intact, he lay motionless, like he hadn't just plummeted at least 500 feet to the ground, hitting every rocky bump on the way down. My eyes bugged out further when I saw him stand up. But how? That fall should have crushed every bone in his body. My shock was immediately eclipsed with terror when, squinting my eyes, I could see that the man, the thing standing at the bottom of the Glade Mountains, was the same skinless monstrosity I saw before. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It stood there at the bottom, cricking its deformed head upwards like it was looking up at me before darting off and out of view. Before I even realized it, My grip slipped from the ledge, and I then plummeted down the mountain myself. I blacked out after the third impact of my head against the rocks. When I woke up again, I was in a medical chopper, being airlifted off the side of the mountain. The ride to the hospital saw me blacking out at least three or four times. Each time... My nightmares had me reliving the horrific things I saw on the Overlook. In them, I could see people mauling each other like uncaged animals. Only one would be left, only to be taken by the figures in red hooded robes. I saw it each time. Their numbers would increase. I could see their legions, all uniformly chanting, Adreoc adue jubilex, Zanctis melios. The last time I woke up, it was to the slow, high-pitched beep of the EKG monitor beside my bed. I remember feeling disoriented by the fluorescent lighting of my room. My vision eventually composed itself when the nurse walked in, placing a tray of meatloaf and chocolate pudding with a small bottle of water in front of me. Oh, you're awake, she said in a rather timid voice. Uh, Where am I? My head still felt like it was swimming, adrift in a sea of madness. Garrett General Hospital, sir. What happened? God, my head... My head pounded and felt like it was trying to explode. The nurse just smiled, albeit a pretty plastic smile, and replied that I'd taken a nasty dive off the mountain. The whole scene returned to me. The hike, the overlook, the man, the thing in the red robe. The hike... Ariel! Two seconds from leaping from the bed, I shot bolt upright when the nurse urged me to calm down and lay back down. After a second, I complied and asked her if anyone had been by to visit. She just nervously smiled and shook her head again. 
Not that I'm aware of, sir. How long have I been here? I called out to her as she headed for the door. She stopped and replied with the same awkward smile. Oh, uh, about three days. Slowly, I relaxed in the bed again. Three days? Why hadn't she been by to see me? As the nurse was leaving, two police officers standing outside the door asked if they could come in. She shot a quick back-and-forth glance at me before nodding her head and exiting the room. Are you Travis Evans? One of them, a short blonde female officer, asked. I just sort of dazedly groaned and, uh uh-huh. I'm Officer Pike and this is Officer Norris. We're from the Garrett County Police Department and we'd like to ask you a few questions concerning the incident. My head was still throbbing intensely. Okay, I mumbled. She then started asking me if I'd known the man beforehand. I slowly shook my head. Never? Not even in passing? No. Why? She ignored me and said, Are you or have you ever been part of any organized hate groups or terrorist groups? Now I was thoroughly confused. Huh? No. What is this all about? She looked at her partner and then back to me. She pulled out her phone and began scrolling before turning it to me. Sir, we have multiple eyewitnesses with video footage of you pushing the man off the cliff. What? I nearly jumped up again. The one next to Officer Pike, a taller, stouter man, slowly reached for what looked like his taser. Calm down, sir, Officer Pike urged. I stopped, remaining upright. I don't know what you're talking about here. I didn't push him. I was trying to save him. What do you mean? She asked. He was about to jump. I was trying to dissuade him. She showed me the phone. A video from social media showed me curled up, shaking and screaming before standing back up and grabbing the man again before we both went over the edge. Guy has a mental breakdown and shoves himself and another man to their deaths on the mountain trail. I nearly had a heart attack. That, that's not what happened. I was trying to save him. He was about to jump. My head started to ache worse, causing me to have to relax again in the bed. I don't want to tell you to calm down again, sir. We will be looking into this case thoroughly. We'll need you to stick around the area if further details lead us back to you. After that, she and her partner stood up and headed for the door. Wait, what about his body? Where is it? She paused, grabbing the door handle. She looked to her partner, and he answered. We're still combing the bottom of the mountain pass for it. Wait, you haven't... But they'd already left the room. They hadn't found his body. You'd think that would have made me feel somewhat relieved, right? That'd mean I could clear my name as a deranged psychopathic killer, right? But then, 
that would mean all the other stuff I saw was real. Slowly, the dots began to connect in my brain, foggy as it may still have been from the pain. The thoughts of the tower, the grisly metamorphosis, the ground made of living flesh, sent a paralyzing fear. I realized that the man-thing, whatever you want to call it, must have been some sort of messenger or something. I remembered how the Bible would talk of prophets foretelling some great event yet to occur. Events like the end of days. So, that's how the world ends? There's no divine wrath, great war, or second ice age. Just flesh destroying flesh. Eventually, the nurse came back in to collect my meal tray. She hesitated when she saw that I hadn't so much as touched any of the food. How could I, or anyone, have any kind of appetite after experiencing stuff like this? I politely asked if she'd put the food somewhere safe for later. She silently nodded and collected the tray. I also asked her if she could bring me my phone. Again, she looked at me nervously before nodding and leaving the room. After she brought me my phone, the first thing I did was try to call Ariel. I must have called at least 20 times, all straight to voicemail. I tried texting her, letting her know that I was okay and hit me back as soon as she could. That was three hours ago, and I've not heard a thing from her. She thinks I'm a murderer. That led me to write this. I don't know who's going to believe me about a single thing I've said here. Fair enough, I suppose. It's not like I can prove it, yet. All you need to know is that first, I'm not a murderer. And second, that the end is coming for us. And it's more horrifying than anything written to date. I don't know when. Maybe it'll be years from now. Maybe it'll be tomorrow. I don't know. But it's coming. And I'm sure it'll be here soon. And that there's nothing we can hope for in the end. I know because it's what the Red Prophet showed me before he jumped. You've been listening to When the Red Prophet Jumped by Corpse Child. Thank you so much for tuning in this evening. I'm your host, Eric Peabody, and I'll see you right here at this time next week. If you enjoyed what you've heard on today's program, please take a moment to stop by our iTunes page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. It makes a huge difference and would mean a lot to me. If you'd like to hear a premium, ad-free edition of tonight's and all of our other episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the menu at the top of the screen. 
You'll find yourself at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 per month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program, all of our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. Thanks so much for your time and for giving our sponsors a try today. When you support our sponsors, you help support this show, and that means a lot to me. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chilling Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all of our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Until next week, listener, when we meet up once again atop the Horror Hill for yet another dance with darkness, I bid you good night. Sleep tight, listener, and whatever you do, if you hear scratching at your door, don't open it. The darkness may have found you, but it's up to you to let it in. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Horror Hill Podcast, a production of Chilling Entertainment and the creative team at Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and a proud member of the Simply Scary Podcast Network. Visit simplyscarypodcast.com today to learn more about our network and our other amazing storytelling programs. Tonight's episode was hosted by, and its featured tale performed by, yours truly, Eric Peabody. Selected stories have been adapted with the kind permission of their respective authors. Original music provided by Felipe Ojeda. Finalization by Craig Groshek and N.M. Brown. Got a terrifying tale of your own that you'd like performed? I take submissions. Email it to us today at submissions at simplyscarypodcast.com to have your work considered for future production. If you enjoyed what you heard on tonight's program and are joining us on your favorite podcast app, please subscribe to us to make sure you never miss an episode and leave us a five-star review and a kind word. Your feedback means a lot to me. You can also follow Chilling Tales for Dark Nights and yours truly on social media to connect any time and get the latest updates on this and our other programs. If you're listening on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights YouTube channel, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and the bell notification icon as well to get more spooky tales from me and the crew and another episode of this program each and every week. And while you're there, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button to let us know how we're doing and leave a kind comment. Lastly, don't forget to visit us at ChillingTalesForDarkNights.com and consider supporting the team by becoming a patron. In addition to helping us out, you'll get exclusive access to our audio archives and ad-free downloads of all of your favorite stories, including those you've heard on this program. As for me, you can hear more of my work on the Chilling Tales for Dark Nights podcast. However, I will be back next week 
with more terrifying tales to keep you up all night. If darkness is what you're after, listener, your search is over. Yet, let it be known, you haven't found the darkness. The darkness has found you. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.